1: This is Husker Online, your authority on
0: Nebraska athletics. They have been a a magnificent Mid-American Conference team for a long time, and they've earned this. This is a wonderful moment in the history of Northern Illinois University, and good for Rod Carey and staff. Means everything to that program. No question. It's another Big Ten win. It's It's a game on the road where you came in to take care of business, and you brought down a big fish. You brought down the huskers in memorial stadium they'll talk about this for a lifetime and welcome back here to the husker online show sean callahan robin Washett, and nate Klaus. don't mean to bring back bad memories here but it is northern illinois week as we've talked about on the show and the huskies coming back to town a trip down memory lane there you had less miles as the color guy on that last broadcast with tim brando now less miles as we know is the head coach of the kansas jayhawks but Bring us to the mailbag. Husker Online intern Grace Harmon in studio. What do you have this week to start us out in the mailbag, Grace?
2: Alright, well now that we're on the topic of Northern Illinois, what do you guys remember the most from that week back in 2017?
0: I just remember the week was a disaster for, from everything. That was also the same week where Sean Eichhorst voluntarily took Nebraska off the Black Friday game against Iowa. And, and that just led to uproar. On top of them just coming off a loss at Oregon. So 15,000 Husker fans traveled to Oregon, and they're mad about how that game was played. They gave up 42 points in the first half. Then you come back and say, oh, by the way, we're taking us off of our traditional Black Friday game that gets more television views. Then they go out and lose the game, and then Sean Eichhorst comes in the weight room and gives an interview to the media, which was unheard of by him. He gave two interviews that week, and then the next thing you know He's fired by Thursday. I mean, it was one hell of a week that changed the history of Nebraska
3: football. Yeah, not only defined the season, it defined the Mike Riley era, and really um, was a true low point in this program's recent history. I mean, that the fact that um, you know that was kind of the beginning of the end, and just how low things had really gotten. That um, you know, it's one thing to play that poorly against Oregon on the road, but then to come back. And that a Mac team not only beat you but beat you up. I mean, they were the more physical team. They were the more focused team. Uh, Nebraska looked terrible throughout that game, and you know they, they got outright whipped in that one. And that was one of those realization moments when you're like, whipped. they were like, wow, this this is as bad as it probably. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Hopefully, it can't get any worse than this. And little did we, did we know, it certainly would. Yeah, it definitely did. It.
1: That, yeah, you're right, Sean. I mean, that whole week was just bizarre. The the whole you know black friday deal you know that came out of nowhere and and it seemed like you know you had you had icorse talking about it and then you had mike riley saying well yeah it would be nice that you know to not have a short week and and like trying to justify it but you didn't you don't know like they made
0: riley do that yeah exactly they're
1: like back me up here mike and And then (laughs) and then during the game i just remember watching the game and and kind of being just like in shock like okay when are they going to start playing? <laughs> like, like oh, they'll, they'll be able to, they'll, they'll you know. Well, they drove down on. the field easily. Then yeah. they throw a pick six on exactly. the opening drive. Yeah, and I was just kind of waiting for the tide to turn, and it just <laughs> never really did. And um, and then with that impromptu, um, I coursed Press conference or whatever at the in, like after the game, that's when you knew stuff was like Moving. There was a lot of stuff going on because that was a total panic move on his part. I mean, that was that's when that was the big like the really big like warning sign, red light, like, okay. Like, That's he must have got some body here.
0: language from Hank Bounds and not Ronnie Green. Because Ronnie Green wasn't even involved, really. It was all Hank Bounds that orchestrated the move. Because a week before that, Ronnie Green gave Sean Eichhorst a public, um, you know, endorsement as far as the job he was doing. So, nonetheless, what do you got next, Grace?
2: All right. Well, out of all the challenges that this team has faced so far this season, what's the biggest concern? Uh,
0: I think the upfront play on the offensive line I mean and for me it's the right side of the line I I thought with two veterans coming back Bo Wilson Matt Farniak that would be a more consistent side and it just hasn't been um up to the level that you would expect for two guys that have been multi-year starters
3: yeah it's offensive line for me by pretty wide margin If, if that unit plays better Nebraska is significantly better in all phases offensively um but next layer to that is you know they need adrian martinez to be better they need him to be sharper and more consistent uh, you know play with a little more authority and he took a good step in that direction at colorado compared to week one but you know there's still those moments where you know adrian didn't look like himself and he didn't look like the guy that was supposed to be a heisman trophy candidate and so um, they need more high level consistency out of adrian but uh, again i think that starts if He can get help with the running game. He can get better pass protection. Uh, A lot of those issues he's having will solve themselves.
1: Yeah, for me, everything starts up front, and that's – there's been it's been very inconsistent you know I, I think as far as the running game goes there hasn't been a whole lot of holes as far as pass protection goes you know I, I think Adrian's under a lot of pressure the snaps have been poor I mean I just think that it's it's been just really really bad right now and, and I feel like that's kind of thrown everything out of whack that's and it, I think it's thrown Adrian out of whack uh, especially with with some of the snaps and um, you know I think that just kind of that gets you, that starts you off, starts every play off in a, in a bad spot.
2: All right. Well, given that Frost said his defense looked aghast this past Saturday, does strength and conditioning need to put any more emphasis on endurance training?
0: I don't know if it's necessarily that. I mean, we, I think you just—they weren't getting stops. They were on the field forty-six plays for three hundred and eighty yards in the in the second half. I believe it was 253 in the fourth quarter. So it, it, it wasn't endurance more than just discipline. And the offense wasn't doing their end of the bargain, which then gave the defense that many more plays. 46 plays over 15 minutes of time of possession. That's all it was. I mean,
3: that is a ton of plays I
0: would add another word there
3: if I could but it's a ton of plays yeah I don't I don't care what Scott Frost says about altitude not being an it was a factor it is undeniable I've experienced it multiple times that when you go up to a significant rise in elevation and altitude it changes the way that your body responds. You can't breathe as easy, easily. It feels like you can't take a deep enough breath. And uh, especially when you add in the workload they had in the second half, I mean, it is a natural human response to get tired. And so, you know, you can do this tough guy thing about how the altitude is not a factor. It is. And the time and it, of possession it was on Saturday. So
0: it was essentially like they, they did 15 additional wind sprints in the same amount of time as the first half. Cause there was time of possession was identical for both halves, but Colorado ran about 15 or 14 more plays so you add that many more wind sprints and that altitude, that, that does make a difference.
1: Well, and then you factor in this. The offense did not bail the defense out uh, by sustaining any type of drive in that second half. And you, you have a number of defensive starters that are on special teams, too. So a lot of those guys weren't getting any breaks, hardly. Uh, you know, it, it, so I think that all compounded to, uh, to a lot of the breakdowns in the, in the second half, especially in that fourth
0: quarter.
2: All right, with all the issues at kicker so far this season, do you guys have any fun or random tryout stories over your time at Nebraska?
0: So I got one that I remember there in two thousand. I want to say the last year of Solich, oh two, oh three, right around that time. During the spring, a female member of the track squad, a sprinter, she went through spring practice as a kicker, and she went through the whole spring, and now she, obviously. She didn't win the job. I mean, they had Josh Brown and Sandra DeAngelis. I mean, they had some guys on the roster, David Dykes. They already had Kicker figured out, but there was a, a female kicker um, that played and went through spring ball. And to my knowledge, she is the only female that's gone through and played on the wrestling football team.
3: Hmm. I have one from personal experience, where in 2006 I was a senior, uh, super senior, at the University of Nebraska, and uh, was a stringer for the Omaha World Herald. And uh, the Nebraska basketball team held a, a, a tryout for a walk-on spot, and uh, my sports editor called me up and said, "Hey, you're a student, right?" And I'm like, yeah, he's like, "Do you think you're in shape?" And I'm like, mm, "Kinda. I mean, <laughs> relatively." And he's like, you want to go do one of these tryouts and just write about your experience. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. So I go there and I sign the waiver or whatever. And so to put in perspective, like I hadn't played basketball in a long time, probably since high school. I mean, like, as far as like real basketball, so I'm wearing like running shoes with like one pair of socks, like not even basketball socks. Uh, and like sitting there trying to warm up and it was like a disaster situation from the very beginning. Like Kira Hardy, remember the women's basketball player, she was yeah. in the stands watching us all warm up and I'm like missing layups and like dribbling. It was terrible. And so, uh, the thing finally gets going and, uh, it was brutal. Like it was just nonstop conditioning work and like, um, agility drills and all that stuff. We didn't even have a basketball for like the first half of it, uh, Long story short, I quit halfway through. I had a huge blister on my foot, uh, and got a uh, hell of a story. Got out a great of it. story out of it, though, Nate.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't really have a personal story like that, but I, I would probably go. I mean, one thing that sticks out to me was uh, one of the walk-on tryouts that that took place in during the Callahan era. Um, there was I don't know probably a group of about 20, 25 guys, uh, none of which had any business playing Division One football, and one of the one of the worst of the group, um, you know. After they politely told him, you know, we'll be in touch and and uh, we'll let you know what you know, who uh, you know, if we're going to take anybody or whatever. One of the guys uh, just kept showing up every day for like an entire week. Uh, tried to go to the, <laughs> tried to go down to the, the locker room and, and get get stuff from from Jay Terry, the equipment manager, and everything. And finally, they, uh, I think they, they finally just told him, hey, look, you're you're never gonna play. Drew here. a hard line. Yeah, <laughs> drew a hard line. But yeah, that was that was kind of an awkward moment for sure. All
0: right, Grace. Well, that wraps it up here for the mailbag. Um, when we come back, we're gonna close the show with some recruiting talk. That's next here, listening to the House Line show.